Are we? What are we doing? Are we going? We're waiting for you. Oh right! I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were waiting for me. I was like, "Why is everyone doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, more younger and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Jen and I just got back from touring. We've been touring this weekend, Alison. Okay, so you just got back. Are you both getting back from the same journey right now? It's taken me five hours to get home. And I am very tired. And then I have to go out after this recording of this podcast, I have to go out and go straight to a gig. Terrible organization on my part. So uh yeah. I'm not feeling tip top. I'll tell you. Uh, Jen had a very exciting week, haven't you, Jen? Because you did a gig in Barnard's Castle and you stayed in Darlington. I left my laptop in Darlington. (laughs) Maureen finds this hilarious. I found it irritating. Hey, but Maureen did sort it out for you. I managed to sort out a comic to come and pick it up and bring it back to London. Larry Dean's going to do it, the lovely Larry Dean. Lovely Larry Dean. He's a gem. He is an absolute diamond. Just by pure serendipity, he left his car there. Well, that's where he parks his car. And told me about it. And even even more serendipity, I was actually listening to what he was saying to me because, you know, I don't tend to listen to people when they talk to me. And I was like, oh, he's left <laughs> his car in Darlington. He's coming, going up to Scotland. He's coming back to England. And because Larry's so lovely, he went, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, Larry he was lovely. a lovely human. Yeah, no, he's a lovely guy. So he's going to collect it. And then I have to sadly go up to London to collect it off him. <laughs> on, but it's not on as the one as day, to... <laughs> On the one day I don't have to travel. So I was never going to go to Darlington, Maureen. <laughs> I was going to pay a huge amount of money to have it cleared. Well, it sounds like travelling has been a lot of fun so far, guys. I hate travelling. It's what we're learning from this. It puts me in such a bad mood, travelling. I hate it. And also because I'm not at that level as a comedian where I've got someone driving me, I'm constantly having to work out the logistics of all the trains. Plus the trains are up the spout, so they can't, they're always on strike. And then whenever you get the train, it's delayed or you get on the train and then it doesn't leave the station and it's packed. Or as I found out from my train from Glasgow, the train before me was cancelled so that when I got on the train, all of the seats weren't like you know, you didn't have your... So you turn up and you go, oh, I'm supposed to be sitting here. And they're like, sorry, you don't get to sit there. Yeah, no reservations. Right, I've got to snap out of this because this is unacceptable behaviour to be this fucking annoyed about being going on tour. It's completely unacceptable. We had a lovely time, Alison. I mean, it was joyful. You know, the touring and the shows and the being with each other is the fun part, but there is no denying that travelling is the biggest pain in the ass. Oh, you went to Berlin! I went to Berlin. I'll jump on your travel frustrations. I uh, had to fly to Berlin, and then uh, I had to take a train. I hate taking trains in countries where English is not the first language, and I get scared, and I get nervous. Berlin, people were lovely, but it's just the stress of, like, am I right on the right train? Where is the train? What train do I take? Then where do I go when I get there? Uh, but then when I was in Berlin, it was lovely. I scootered around. I got an e-scooter with a friend of mine, and we went and saw all the, like... Oh, that sounds really fun. I've never gotten one of those before. I'm a bit scared I'll crash it. <gasps> 
so fun. I was even riding in traffic, everyone. Like, I did it in Calgary. Those e-scooters, they're so fun. You can get so much done in such a short period of time. It was it was lovely. But then back on a train and then, no, plane, and then I trained to Blackburn. You know, the old Berlin to Blackburn run. Uh, oh, yeah. Jesus. I mean, Marion, what's her face? What the hey-ho? That's... That sounds horrific. Yeah, and then uh, the next day I was out to Stockton Tees where I emceed, hosted Beat the Gong. I've never been in a gong show before, you guys. What is it with this country and people just wanting people to compete? What is it? Everything has to be a competition. It's not really competing, is it? They want people to make a fool of themselves. Yeah, Strictly Come da- or uh, come Dance With Me or whatever it is here. All these comp, everything, but like in comedy, competition. Everything's a competition. You like the stress of it all here in Britain, I think. You really like it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of competitions of any kind. I also don't think that they are are a good, necessarily, um, a good representation of how good someone is at stand-up. That's the thing that I find. Yeah. But the gong show, because it depends. I mean, if you've got quick jokes, then it's fine. But if you've got something that needs a set-up, you're probably going to be carded off before you've got there don't you it all depends what type of comedian you are yeah oh and it was interesting because you give like three people cards i didn't know that and then like if those people don't act on the cards it was like sharks when blood's in the water like dudes at the back were like put up a card put up a card i was like oh my god it was uh it was wild i know i mean i think also stand-up comedy is Quite nerve-wracking when you start anyway, just in and of itself. I don't know why we need to add this extra jeopardy of humiliation on top. It just seems a bit much. No other profession in the world does that. You're a doctor. All right, how, uh, you better be the best knee replacement guy out and there. We're judging you. And your time starts now. now. <laughs> Michael, they do have tables now in, in hospitals. I did what, because I don't normally open. I usually MC or whatever. And I opened on a Friday and I was finished by 8.35. I saw your picture. That's a joy. I was home in your before, house I think before half nine. I was like, for a comic, that is just. It's like a night off almost. It is like a night off. It was so nice. It was like you got the whole evening to yourself. Jen, those days are going to happen again for you soon. Don't you worry. I see the look in your eyes. <laughs> I was just listening to Maureen talk about being at home at 9.35. I thought, oh, where was I on Saturday night in a hotel in Darlington about to leave my laptop? Um <laughs> <laughs> the next day. Oh, my God. What an absolute bell end. One, I think I'm quite tired, just generally. You are tired. And two, um, when I get tired, I'm not very organised anyway. I'm sure you lot figured that out by now. But um, it, it all goes to pot. It just goes out the window. And all of my even vague organisation skills become, like, just non-existent. And I'm a, just I'm just an absolute joke. Not a funny one. Jen was writing me going, um, well, I get in before you in Nottingham, so I'll just meet you in a coffee shop. And then she realised she was coming in half an hour after I got there. Okay, so I really need to defend myself in this particular instance, Alison. Maureen said, I get in at 3.39. And I said, oh, well, I get in before you because I got in at 1.53. And then I said, oh, I'm probably about 40 minutes away. And Maureen went, oh, well, I'm here. And I was like, oh, my God. And then in my head I went, oh, how, how did you get there before me? And Maureen went, I get here at one thirty, whatever it was, and anyway, I look back, and Maureen had put. I went to put thirteen, but I put three. <laughs> so Maureen, in my defence, so then Maureen's like, and then you thought I was turning up. I went, yeah, because you told me that. You, you told me you would be there at three something. So actually, you actually wrote it in a text that you were going to get there at three. That's kind <laughs> so... of a fun little side. Be more Maureen, if I do say so myself. I mean, we've all done things like that, but that's a good one. And also now, in, in the anecdote, I st- I'm still the one that got it wrong, which is brilliant. <laughs> Do you always put 24-hour clock, Maureen, when you type times? Uh, not always, but I did, I did that time, yes. But you didn't because you wrote 3.30. Uh, anyway, look, ultimately, uh, we figured it out. We met each other. It was fine. Also, Maureen said, yes, when you come out of the station, it's to the left. So, of course, I turned left when I came out of the station and went, there's nothing down here. And I went, no, Maureen's directions are off. I googled where it was and it was turned right. No, it's and it... right and then on the left-hand side. Yes, I know, but you said it was... T- when you leave the station, it's to the left. You'll see it on the left. So I looked to my left. I mean, I, I, know, I know I've just positioned myself as a complete numpty, and I am. But in, 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 there are two instances where I was just following your instructions. And then Maureen. I recommended a, a show to Jen. I went, oh, she said, I don't know what to watch on TV. So there's a really good show, apparently, with Stephen Graham. She went, what's it called? I went, 
I don't know. She goes, what channel is on? I went, I don't know. Just Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Alison Maureen said, I don't know. Google Stephen Graham. So I did. I had to Google Stephen Graham. Did you find the show? What was it? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's on ITV at the moment. Just Google it, Alison. Just Google it. Yeah, just, Alison, just Google, just Google it, for God's sake. Well. Oh, we've had a time, definitely. We've had weeks. Losing laptops. You have had the most insane journey. I, I now, Alison, realise that. Why was I moaning? You've just told me that you've gone from Berlin from Berlin <laughs> to Blackburn to Stockton on Tees. And I was like, I, I had to get a train from Darlington to Nottingham. <laughs> and, then um, I, and then when we parted, I went, God, I won't be seeing you, Jen, now for two weeks. She went, I'll be seeing you at four o'clock. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm literally going to see you in about two hours. So I thought, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I think it's fair to say more than I've spent too much time together. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've definitely had fun. It's it's what I tell you. What's great, Alison, is whenever you're going out for lunch um, with Maureen, that's a joy, because Maureen's got very specific um, food needs, and um, yeah, yeah, beige, beige. beige. <laughs> I know it's so specific that even when we turn up at a place that Maureen should like, there's still nothing there. Like we. Went to a pub in in um, Birmingham, and um, it's sort of in this beautiful building. I mean, really absolutely beautiful. stunning building. When you go inside, you think, "Oh, well, this is a lovely pub." And actually, it's very quiet. There was a booth, and we could have sat down. I could have had half a lager just to grease the wheels, you know. And um, anyway, Maureen's like, "Yes, let's go." And it's Maureen's idea to eat here. Oh, shall we eat here? And I'm like, "Fine, okay, fine." Maureen's got something she wants to eat. We go through the menu. Maureen picks something. I go, "Great." Fine, I, I'll. I'm sure I can find something. We get to the bar. It's a chicken dish. She finds out it's not chicken breast. It's chicken thigh, and we have to leave. <laughs> got to put my coat back. Then we got to get out there. Our bags gone. Oh, I had already got that half a lager in my brain, Alison. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready. And there was nothing else, hey, Maureen? No, nope. no, not really. There was pie. There were pies. They had fish and chips, Alison. Uh, they had fish and they had chips. And Maureen said, no, 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 no. Let's go to that cafe we were going to go to. So we walked another 15 minutes to, to um, a cafe. in a Edwardian tea rooms. And uh, Maureen orders uh, fish and chips. So. <laughs> I see yeah, the emphasis well. on the fish and chips. I was like, what? I said, are you fucking kidding me that you're going to order fish? I said, you didn't want fish and chips back there, but you want fish and chips here. And Maureen went, yeah, I think I'll just have fish and chips. Well, actually, I would have preferred a jacket potato, but I think at that point, Jen would have just hit me in the face with it. So I was like, yeah, fish and chips. (laughs) Alison, you wouldn't have gone with a jacket potato, would you? I do like a jacket potato. Thank you. No, no, no. I don't mean eat. I would have ordered a jacket potato. You could order a jacket potato. But you can't let Maureen order a jacket potato because we oh, know that's what right because she... the way she eats it. Yeah, I always forget because I haven't gone through the experience. I've only heard about it secondhand. I create imagery in my mind of what it might look like, but think of a middle-aged woman picking up her jacket potato skin and sucking the potato off it and then <laughs> spitting it out in front of you while you're eating your dinner. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it. <laughs> it tastes nicer that way. When you regurgitate it? Let's move on to be more more. <laughs> Before we move on, I just want to ask, how was Berlin? How was Kvatch? Did you have a nice time? I had a great time, you guys. Thank you very much. Look, Quash Comedy Club is fantastic. Having it there two nights now was such a treat. The audiences were lovely. Yeah, I just had a really nice time. It was real fun. I ate my very first currywurst. I've never had a oh. currywurst before. Yeah, that was real fun. I actually controversially quite like them. They're lovely. Yeah, they, they're nice, aren't they? I, that curry sauce is nice. I like it. I'm, I'm into it. It's Let's like a it. tomato ketchup mixed with some curry powder. With a bit of onion on it. Yeah. Bish bash bosh. Whack it in your gob. It was really nice. And I went to this place. It was pretty authentic. Like, because my friend Nathan uh, was there. He was actually uh, doing a show the following that following Thursday. So we met up with his friend Pierre, who has lived in Berlin and is a restaurateur. And so he Ooh. chose restaurants for us to go to. And we went to fun places. And I had a really... Really nice time. I was so tired, but I was kind of like the universe was like, no, enjoy yourself. Get out and do things. So I did that. So it was really fun. Good. It was a really Sounds nice great. time. You deserve it, Alison. You would have been so proud of all the things I saw. Cool. Yeah, because you rang me up and you said, how do I get the S-Bahn? I was scared. 
yeah, once you figure it out, it was easy. That's why I get the stress of travel, Jen. Yeah, thank you. I think it's also because I'm organizing travel for me. I'm organizing travel for Maureen. I'm organizing uh, hotels. I'm organizing, and you know, I just want someone to do it for me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, God, I just... Anyway, moving on. <laughs> a be more Maureen moment. I'm sure Jen has living in them daily. That's what I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh, my God, Maureen. I don't... I'm, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. This was, you know, the, the same week, I think the day before the last week's. Yeah. I messaged Jen and I went, I have just put olive oil in my eyes. Thought it was eye drops. <laughs> okay. Look at Alison's face. No, Alison, I did exactly the same thing. I was like, I don't understand. What, did you just pick up a bottle of olive oil and just... <laughs> Yeah. This is what I was thinking, that she just, like, picked up and oh, <laughs> and then just, like, doused olive oil in her face and went, oh, I should have looked. It's the eye drops. It's... Yeah, yeah. They're very different shapes. In Maureen's defence, explain what, what happened, Maureen. Yeah, so what happened is I have a, a little bottle of eye drops that have dry eyes and then yeah. I have a little bottle of olive oil that I put in for my ear. Because you're not meant to put, um, what do you call those uh, little things Q-tips. in? Q-tips. You're not meant to put yeah. Q-tips. You're meant to put olive oil. And I get, um, because I've got really bad eczema, I get sometimes very acute um, earache and stuff. So I have a little bit of olive oil. So that it's also in my handbag. So, But I didn't bother checking. So I just picked up, I forgot the olive oil was in this. So I just picked up, presumed it was the eye things and just put the oil in. And what was funny, I put the oil in and I was going, because it was all very blurred. I was like, that's a bit weird. That doesn't normally happen. And I was like sitting there going, why is it so blurred? And it was really... Did it not sting or anything? Did no, it, it didn't sting? sting, but it was really like really misty and everything. And also it was like my face was a bit <laughs> greasy. Was it greasy, Maureen? <laughs> was it greasy? And I was just like, this is really odd. This doesn't normally happen when I wear eye drops. And then I picked up the bottle and <laughs> it was like for him. I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? It's, it's, it's put like, olive oil directly yeah, into Jen, her eyes. What was it? Olive oil in? That's what she wrote back to me. Oh, Maureen. Well, I mean, because I, I when I saw uh, I saw your face, Alison, I was like, you're thinking what I'm thinking, that she just went, you know. <laughs> but then I was like, in my head, I, I went a step further. I was like, well, maybe she has a travel-sized olive oil because every product of mine, I have a travel-sized version of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maureen wanders around with a travel-sized olive oil and a travel-sized balsamic <laughs> vinegar and a, and a travel-sized, you know, French mustard. And the thing was, right, I was like, I can't really take them out because I wouldn't be able to see. So I had to then get the real uh, drops and then just keep bunging that in my eye. Oh. It was fine in the end. But I wouldn't recommend it. No, it, you wouldn't. You wouldn't recommend it, Maureen. <laughs> it's not a recommended thing. This comes as a big surprise. WTB does not endorse putting olive oil directly in your eyes. No. Wow, Maureen. What an absolute classic Maureen Young. Maureen. Be more Maureen Younger moment. It's a good one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't think we can top that for a while. We've had laxatives. We've had olive oil in your eyeballs. This is all in the same week. I think you've peaked, actually. Actually, it's a miracle you're still with us, Maureen. Yeah, you're still with us. You're still alive. And Maureen Younger, thank you so much for your Be More Maureen moment. It was, once again, an absolute classic. Uh, once again, started the story with the punchline, which is what I loved the most about you. Um <laughs> No, not leading up into it. Oh, so I picked up the things and I put it in my eyes. You never da, 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 thinking it was eye drop. And then just like, I put olive oil in my eyes. Right, okay. <laughs> the big reveal's gone. But anyway, so I don't know how you make it as a comedian sometimes. Right? <laughs> Maureen Younger, thank you so much for your people buddy moment. But as we always do at this point, when we've gone from complete nonsense, we always have to head over to the woman that makes sense. Of the three of us, the only person that actually makes any bloody sense, and that is... Alison June Smith. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. Cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Oh, hey, thank you. Hey, listen, so... I also want to say thank you to those of you who have started to write in again. 
I'm very grateful. And I'll tell you, the more problems that come in, the better. Please just keep throwing them. It doesn't matter how little, how major. I want to hear it. I will do some research and try to give you some guidance. So this week, a good one, which I thought for all of us, uh, I'm just going to generalize it down. Basically, what comes down to is uh, how do I control my anger in the workplace? It's a tricky one, Alison. It's a tricky one. Joyce. It's a tricky one. We've got an anger expert uh, with us today. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what you think of some of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to learn Are a lot. Are you taking notes, Jason? Is what I'm t- I've literally, I'm recording it on my mobile phone. I'm going to... Okay. Anger, anger in the workplace. All right. How do you control it? Okay, well, why is it important? Why is it important to harness the anger in the workplace? Well... Overall, it's for the best of you because it helps you. If you're not angry, you better communicate your needs and what you need uh, to address them to to get people to understand what your needs are, which is a lot of the problem with anger is that people are not understanding where you're coming from, right? You're frustrated because you're like, why do you not see this the way that I see it? So a lot of anger is from that. So if you can keep the anger at bay, you can better communicate your needs. Obviously, you'll improve relationships with coworkers and clients. It will actually reduce stress and other negative emotions within you. This is the biggest thing I want you to understand. If you run away with your anger, all you're really doing is causing you more stress. That is the bottom line, okay? So I just want anger to not be a problem because I don't want you to be so... Because it just spirals into other negative feelings. If you get this under control, it reduces distractions at work and allows you to focus on what it is you want to do better rather than getting sidetracked and annoyed with the things that are agitating. (laughs) It prevents passive aggressiveness from occurring, which makes me realize I think I have a lot of fucking deep down hidden anger because I'm pretty good at being passive aggressive. Uh, Helps avoid unhealthy escapes or addictive patterns, right? If you address this anger and uh, you can build empathy with coworkers, blah, blah, blah. But the main thing is you, okay? The less anger that you have going through you, the less stress you're putting on yourself. So A lot of people say, well, sometimes when I'm angry, let your anger out, right? You got to let it out. Yes, yes, yes. But research has also found that like letting it rip all the time with anger actually escalates anger and aggression and does nothing to help you or resolve the situation. And it just like, again, builds it more. So then you've got more of those frustrating feelings. So yes, there you need to get it out. But by always just like that uncontrollable anger, you're actually spiraling yourself into more of that sort of negative emotions, that cloud, that frustration. It's best to find out what triggers your anger particularly. Okay. We all have our own triggers and then you can figure out what strategies will help you when you know what it is that triggers you. And keep this in mind too. People who are easily angered don't always just like get loud or curse or throw things. Sometimes they withdraw socially. And here's a big one that I thought was really interesting. A lot of people with anger, they get physically ill very quickly. Anger and and holding that anger and being in that place, it has been proven that it can reduce your immune system. Recently, researchers have suggested three main triggers of anger in the workplace. Okay, so these are the three big ones that'll fucking get you. Feeling unjustly treated by others. When you feel like someone is messing with your goals or obstructing your plans. And interpersonal conflict, like just personality clashes. Those are the three biggest things that often develop anger in the workplace. So... What can we do when we see that fucking, when we feel that anger rising? Acknowledge it, right? Go, yep, I am getting angry and be in it. 100% be in the anger. You've got to take deeper breaths, okay? This is the first physical thing you can do because a lot of times when you get angry, you start to shorten that breath. You start to like, you're almost getting into that state of like, it's, it's like a fight or flight. If you take slow, longer breaths, your body follows and you will have more of a sense of calm at that moment before you like skyrocket. If there's someone around you that you can trust and you can say that anger to at that moment, I'm really frustrated because it's better than to just let it explode in front of everyone. So take a moment, take the deep breaths, find a safe person to say something to or call a safe person, get it out to them. Okay, because then you'll have no regrets of what is said in the moment. You trust this person, you know them. Get some space. Even if it's just a three-minute walk away from that moment, you just have to get away from that moment. 
Take a minute and think about someone that you respect or someone that you look up to in life or someone that you have a lot of admiration for. How do you imagine them dealing with the moment? Again, these are all techniques that just take you out of the anger moment. So if there's somebody that you're like, God, they've always got their shit together. They handle things so well. How do you think they in that moment would handle it? See if you can envision that. Discuss your anger eventually, obviously with parties involved, but that's once you get a bit more grip and a calmness about you. I'm not saying never address these things because I want you to. Develop an action plan. Maybe just take a minute and and think to yourself, okay, I'm going to talk to this person first. I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to, before you just react, take a minute and go, what might be my first three steps that would be the most logical thing? Again, this is taking you out of the anger moment. As hard as it is, try to focus on something positive in that moment. Okay, at least the train journey got me here on time. At least I have a cup of coffee, just something that you can trigger in your brain at that moment. I know it sounds stupid. Then the other thing I want you to do, I want you to take a brief moment if you can. And I know you, I always preach this, but writing something down, identifying the specific needs behind your emotion. What is it that you need? So think about it right now. Why is my anger triggered? What just happened? Why does this really anger me? Is it that I don't feel heard? It's that I pre-planned and they're not listening to me. They didn't take into they didn't look at the work I did ahead of time. What is it that's really making you angry? What do I need to be okay right now? What steps can I take towards that outcome right now? And again, I know it's a lot of like oh, self-analyzing, but that's kind of what we have to do in these moments. So again, I think for me, a big thing would be recognizing your triggers, feeling unheard, feeling not appreciated. What is it that triggers you? And just remember overall that getting control of your anger will emotionally and physically benefit you. It's not about anyone else. It will help you. That is the best advice I can give with anger right now. Great. Alison, that's brilliant advice. I think it's quite hard though, isn't it, when you're angry? To, to do that of course it is you have to train yourself don't you you can't and I also sometimes think when you're angry it's often not about the thing that you think it's about it's about something else sometimes isn't it it's, absolutely I'm very zen so this is not this doesn't apply to me but um I hear other people have <laughs> this is nothing I know <laughs> deep breaths and counting that is the quickest in the moment stop that you can do because they say when you're counting numbers you can't think of things. You can't think of problems. So if you can count and take some deep breaths, that gives you a break from just that second. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's about catching yourself in that moment. Um, sometimes, though, people are pricks and they just need to be told that. They do need to be <laughs> Honestly, Jen, I just want you to know, sometimes in my life when I know I have to be direct and like, because look, I'm too nice. And sometimes when I have needed to get tough, I do. You are the person that I imagine. I was like, well, what would Jen say right now to this person? And I'm like, oh, well, then do the opposite is what I would advise you. (laughs) No, your strength has helped me so many times to be able to be like, no, this is. So I think that's a good technique for a lot of things in life. If you think of a person that you really respect in certain manners that are good and just imagine what they would do in that situation. Sometimes it just gives you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, but you know what Alison being direct and and not managing your anger are two very different things. And and I and I and I can be direct and 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 it does work and I and I and I but being direct is all about control, isn't it? And you're in control of the situation and and you, and you know what you want from that situation yeah. so you can be direct and you can sort of but when you're angry you're just fucking you're just you're you're batshit aren't you you've lo- that's when you've <laughs> lost con- you've lost control and uh, the thing about once you've lost control is you can't really claw it back it's gone yeah. <laughs> it's just gone <laughs> and you and and from from a distance you look bananas you know um yeah. but look equally sometimes i don't think that's a bad thing because there are instances where people are taking advantage of you and you are um and there, and then the only way to do that is to put someone in their place. But, but on the whole, I think it's always best if you're in control of how you feel. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think as a rule. <laughs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called out. being professional, Alison. <laughs> right, well, thank you very much, uh, Alison. And now it's uh, time to find out what we've all been watching and learning and listening to and feeling. Well, I actually did watch a film called The Decoy Bride on BBC iPlayer, which is a romantic comedy about an ordinary girl, played by Kelly MacDonald, who was hired to be the decoy for a famous bride, and the guy that she has to marry is um, David Tennant. And it's set in Scotland. Uh, and, I mean, it's not going to win prizes for most original script. It's David Tennant and, and Kelly MacDonald hate each other. I wonder what happens by the end of the movie. Mm. <laughs> what, what happens, Maureen? Oh, I don't know. Will they still hate each other at the end? I don't know. But we have to watch to find out. And so she becomes the decoy bride because he's about to marry this very famous American actress and they want to kind of put the paparazzi, want to give them a false lead so she becomes a decoy bride. I mean, it's not the most imaginative original script. But you know what? If you want some, like, TV where you just want to sit and have a relax, eat some popcorn or whatever, it's fine. And, you know, David Tennant, Kelly MacDonald, they're nice actors to watch. So, And you get to see some nice Scottish countryside. So what more could you want? I mean, it's everything I want in a show. David Tennant, Scottish countryside, uh, Kelly MacDonald, and uh, an unpredictable storyline. You've given me everything I need in one television show, Maureen, so thank you. <laughs> what about you, Jen? What have you been watching? I've been watching the prequel to Game of Thrones. I think it's called uh, House of the Dragon. <gasps> um, also uh, based on the book Fire and Blood, which was the... That's what the book is based on that book. So so it's, it's still um, uh, sticking to George R.R. R. Martin's... Uh, vision because I, I didn't realize that when it first got released before I started watching it I just thought oh they've just started writing some old shit and it's going to be bollocks but it is based on his books and wow Alison you're nodding and uh grinning but it's a lot isn't it Jen's warned me not to watch it she said don't watch it Maureen it's not your thing oh no Maureen there are too many uh harrowing scenes I think oh, in it for you I think I think, Alison, this is, I don't know if you agree with me, but is this more violent than House of, than Game of Thrones? House of Games, I was going to say. You know, that one with that Richard Osman <laughs> hosts. Is it more harrowing than that? Um, is it? <laughs> Having been on the show, I'll tell you, it is, it's, it's pretty, it's a tricky show to be on. It's quite gory, isn't it? Yeah. But what I like is they're really showing how gory and how hard it was, I think, for women at that time because it's like the birthing scenes are horrific and like female survival and what they had to go through and then now and again a dude's been killed but it's like you know you just it just makes me very grateful that i am alive in this day and age it's uh it's for those of you that haven't watched it it's set 200 years before game of thrones and it's the reign of the house targaryen so it's a prequel obviously and it tells the story of the civil war between the targaryens and king viserys and the targaryens children battle for control of the iron throne and who will win who won't win um anyway we sort of know don't we because it all gets we all find out at the game of thrones but 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 still um 
there's a lot going on. I, would, I think it's fair to say that this family tree is like a fucking pretzel. They're all there's so much incest going on. It's absolutely crazy because they want to keep their bloodline pure. So they're just like uncles and nephews. Siblings are at each other. Uh, it's all really gross. Anyway, they're also all blonde, sort of white blonde, but they all look just like, come on, guys, get a vitamin D tablet or something or go and see the sun. You look so washed out. And uh, Paddy Considine um, plays... Uh, he's so good in it, isn't he? Well, he's so good in everything. He's a great actor. He's phenomenal. So he plays the king. He plays Viserys. And um, he has uh, leprosy. And as the series goes on, he deteriorates to... <sighs> anyway, for those of you that haven't watched it, I won't go into the too much detail. But you... all you need to know is that he has... Leprosy, and so he ages very dramatically. He ages very dramatically and very quickly over the. No one else is aging apart from King Viserys, who who goes from being a middle aged man to looking like he's he died ten years ago. That's how old he looks. Uh, he looks like a cadaver, you know. There's so many machinations, and um, there's so much uh, sort of backstabbing and uh, politicking and murder. Uh, for want of a better word, it's 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 so it's so popular levels is what I would describe it, but with an incredible amount of gore and violence. And if that's your bag, then this is the show for you. I have to say, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. It's everything I want in a show. Yeah. Um. And um. You know, it's not highbrow at all, but the acting is really great. The production is amazing and the storyline is bonkers so tune in it's five stars from brista oh i'm so glad to hear you say that i i have really been enjoying it it's chaos it's <laughs> it's chaos isn't it it is chaos it's almost as crazy as the current uk government anyway uh <laughs> it is a great story please i mean i think it's it's less far-fetched than what's happening in this country I would I would say that it's not quite as far fetched as <laughs> I do love it. So my recommendation this week for a horror film, because we were talking about anger and explosive anger, you know how to control your anger in the workplace. The idea of anger, I want to recommend the Incredible Hulk. No, but I love. I think that's so cute that you think that's a horror movie. You're the sweetest <laughs> thing in the world, Maureen. That a, that a superhero comic book based. It's a horror. Um, I love you so much. The Incredible Hulk is amazing. But, uh, no, I'm going to recommend a movie called The Crazies. Do you guys remember hearing about this movie at all? The Crazies? No. I don't think so. Okay. This is a great movie. So Sheriff David Dutton and his wife, together with two other people, are the only ones unaffected by a sudden spat of incident whereby people turn into violent psychopaths after a strange plane crash, an unusual toxic virus enters a quaint farming town. A young couple are quarantined, but they fight for survival along with help from a couple of other people. Now, basically what happens is there's a plane crash. There's some sort of liquids that gets released into this town. But, like, it's not cheesy. Like, this is a really well-done, scary movie, I think. And it's like a lovely quaint town. And then just slowly, like... Because it's a farming community, these farmers start to lose it. It's basically, it's a rage that comes over them, and then they just like. Is it sort of similar to Twenty Eight Days Later, or not, or not like that, or Twenty Eight Weeks Later? That because they, they, that's a rage virus, isn't it? Yeah, sort of similar. Yes, yes, a little bit different, but along the same genre and line. And uh, I just found it absolutely terrifying. It was. Really well done. It's really oh yeah no oh no there's two there's one that was original was 1973 and they made another one in 2010. Okay, yes, the crazies and it is great. Crazy, it's crazy. Have you seen the 70s one? No, I have never seen the 70s one. There's one yeah. So the the original movie was in 1973 and they re and they made it again in 2010. Oh, it's got T Timothy Oliphant in it. Yeah. I love him. That's what I mean. It's well casted. It's a good movie. Like, it's not like, yeah, it's, your, it's a horror movie, but it's not your cheese cheese that I normally throw no. at you. This one was... Like, this is the one that will actually give me nightmares. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> and you will enjoy it and you'll want to see it all the way through. Like it, it's it's really interesting. And I, I find the concept of like poison in the water. I know it's a little far fetched, but is it? I mean, you know, we've got poo in ours. Anyway, moving on. I'm just saying, I think the concept of something in the water getting into is a very good because it could happen, people. It could happen. Oh, absolutely. And let's be honest, Southern Water is already doing it. Um, thanks, Alison. That's a really good recommendation. Anyway. But yeah, it's a good movie. It's well casted. It's well acted. It's proper scary. Loved it. Yeah. Tune in. Amazon Prime here in the UK. Of and course. I think in uh, North America's Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Of course okay. you can get it on Amazon Prime in this country because that is the horror capital, the horror channel of this country. <laughs> All horror films. <laughs> can be found to, to stream or rent yeah every week i'm like amazon prime amazon prime thanks very much uh, alison for your recommendation um and now it's time for us to put our corner in an area full of fungus it's maureen's cultural <laughs> corner cultural corner course it's the corner time that is often cultural but sometimes just batshit <laughs> well book club because book club is next monday i'm gonna put a notification for diary so i'm awake for it this time as i'm running it so <laughs> this month's book was affinity by sarah waters which i've never read anything by sarah waters this is my least favorite of all of her books yeah it was you know i did actually get quite engaged by it but, but it is a bit depressing it's about two characters one is a uh, margaret pry it's set in victorian england she goes and visits women in prison and prison life in victorian times was pretty awful the thing in those days was to keep prisoners weren't allowed to talk they were basically in solitary confinement really for most of the time they weren't allowed to. and you know after lockdown you kind of go before lockdown i probably would have gone well that's not too bad after lockdown i'm going oh i can see why that you know People used to go mad or they used to lose the ability to speak because they never they weren't allowed to speak with each other. And so she visits one and she becomes very interested in one of them who's a spiritualist because spiritualism was massive back in the day. Yeah, I didn't know that. You know, people like Conan Doyle was a big spiritualist. People were really into it. And I can you can see, and particularly after the First World War, because, you know, obviously if you've lost somebody, my mother was into spiritualism actually after her, hus her second husband died because you kind of feel like you, you're grabbing at any straw. You think, well, if I, you know, that person can talk to us somebody I've lost, you're going to go for it, aren't you? I mean, it's human nature. And so this this Margaret Pryor, she's in her late 20s, she's not married, so in Victorian times that means she's an old maid. She hasn't done what she's supposed to do. She's a lesbian, which, of course, in Victorian times technically didn't exist because Queen Victoria didn't think there was such a thing as lesbianism, so it was never illegal in this country because she was like, there's no such thing. And then she becomes attracted to this Selena Dawes, who's in prison for apparently committing a crime while she was a spiritualist. And then they become attracted to each other. And then all these things happen. And there's a big twist at the end, which I didn't see coming. I mean, I, I found the book very engaging, but it, it's not... It's sad. It's not a cheerful book. Yeah. So I thought I'd go for something that's meant to be hilarious for next month to give everybody a break. And it's meant to be very, very funny. It was a debut novel, and it's called A Short History of Tractors in Ukrainian. I've never heard of this book. Who, who, who recommended it? By Marina Lewiska. And it's meant to be absolutely hilarious. I mean, it doesn't sound it from the title, I grant you that. But it's had, a, it's had really, <laughs> really great reviews. And it, it came out ages ago. It came out in 2005, was winner of the Bollinger Everyman Prize for Comic Fiction and shortlisted for the Orange Prize for Fiction. So it's about, a, uh, I think it's two sisters and their father, who's an 80-year-old, gets a Ukrainian bride, a very young Ukrainian bride. So you can imagine... I'm sure she loves him. And, um, <laughs> but they're of Ukrainian stock, so then they find out. And I thought it'd be quite nice to read something about Ukraine, uh, it deals with Ukraine, which is yeah. what's going on at the moment. So, yeah. And it's meant to be very, very funny. So, yeah. And I thought, I haven't read a book about uh, tractors in Ukrainian, to, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know about you two. Uh, not, um, not, not recently, obviously. That's, no, that's not, not recently. been on the top of my reading list. Making us change maybe from Sarah Waters and depressed lesbians. I love a depressed lesbian. I don't think we read enough about depressed lesbians. I, I think almost every uh, character in any book, film or television show that has a leser in it, she's depressed or becomes yeah, depressed. There's never like a, she was really just a joy to be around. That lesbian was a yeah, good time. I mean, like there's always, I watched a lesser film, um... I watched a lesser film not that long ago and I thought, oh, I wonder how, I wonder who dies first. Anyway, 
lo and behold, one of them died and the other one was like in mourning. I wonder who dies first. I tell you what Hollywood loves. Hollywood loves a film um, set in the 18th or 19th century with two depressed lesbians who can't get it on. They were married to men that they don't love. Um, and then somebody finds out, somebody dies, the other person's like bereft, and then she has to spend the rest of her life with a man she hates. That's 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 pretty much it. And then, then at some point, they, they rub corsets for half an hour. And uh... I was going to say, there's one passionate love scene in a library or in a barn. I mean, that SNL sketch about, um, they basically did a piss take oh, of Oh, yes, Ammonite that's so funny. And um, a, a woman... What's the other one? The the French film about a woman being on fire. Anyway, they did a they did like a pastiche of those two films, and it's hilarious. It's like there's always these women who they can't touch, they can't. There's lots of looking and 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 it's, it's always really soft focus, and there's lots of heavy breathing and you know like staring at each other. And then you know at some point in the film, there's just some like hardcore like sex. Like where they're like fisting each other up against a wall, and you're like, Jesus, I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't even know why I talked about that. <laughs> that just we're talking about depressed lesbians there. <laughs> Thanks for your recommendation, Moin. We look forward to hearing about the tractors in Ukraine. Um, and now, uh, well, we're at the bit that no one enjoys. Okay, Alison, take it away. That is not true. That it don't say that. We enjoy it because this. This is when we get, look, you want to talk about letting This is the time in the show where we encourage everyone to just relate, commit, dive in, and let's find out what the hell's been getting your goat. I don't want to lose my shit over... Okay, this is it. Right, let's go. It's happening now. I cannot handle this. I tell you what I'm struggling with. My eyesight is now at that point now where I can't read anything without my glasses. And of course, I never have my glasses on me. So at the moment, I can't read anything. I was getting on the train to go to Darlington and I couldn't read my train ticket. So I didn't know what seat I was on. I had to ask a man to read my... And this man was older than me. He was elderly. And I had to ask him to read out my seat number because I couldn't read it. And I was like, and, and thank God he did, because I had thought it was completely a, a completely different number. I was about to go up to someone and go, excuse me, but I think you're sitting in my chair. And they weren't. They were sitting in their own chair. So that, I mean, it's really getting my goat that I can't see anything at all. <laughs> and, and also my eyesight, sort of my short, because I'm long sighted, so short, you know, I can see far away. That's absolutely fine. I can say I can read signs and all of that is fine. So that's fine. But the second I'm expected to read anything, it's all gone down the toilet. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm like a bat. I can't see a bloody thing. And it's really, it's annoying when I have to ask Maureen to read stuff for me. That's what I'm saying. It's annoying when I have to say, Maureen, can you read this for me? I had to do that. How many times did I have to do that to you, Maureen? Maureen's constantly having to read shit for me. <laughs> It's getting my go. I can't. And also because I'm still heavily in denial about this, which is hence why I never have any glasses on me. What I need is those, um, you know, those old lady, um, you know, the ones that go over your neck. My mum used to have a pair, actually. Oh, with the, with the little thread, with that kind yeah, of Yeah, and you, you attach it to your glasses and your gla- so you can hang your glasses around your neck. That's what I need. I need yes. that. I need, to, I need to be that person. But because I'm in denial that I'm nearly 50 and my eyesight's gone, of course, I never have my glasses on me and I can never read. Any shop I go into, if I have to read anything that's... I can't read it. It's daft. Clearly, I'm a bellend. But it's now got to the point where I have to accept that I'm blind and it's got my goat. My goat has got heavy denial. There's so much changing in your body when you get to your late 40s. Even even compared to your early 40s, it's... Oh, it's the pits. It really is. That and the beard. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know what it's like. Yeah, my, my arches fall every fucking day. Like I get you. There's something. There's something not right. Is uh. there? And then every now and again, you catch yourself naked, and you think, "Oh, that's that was an error. Should have really, really sort of focused on shutting down the peripheral vision." But uh, yeah. Oh dear. It's, I, 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 I was looking at my tits the other day, and I just thought these. I used to these these. I used to have absolutely fantastic boobs, and. Um, they're just, what are they doing? 
they they're not i mean i do this in my set now but they're not even they haven't sat next to each other for a very long time and um, they're very much on either side of my chest just waving across going you're right babe what are you up to just nothing <laughs> just been under her armpit i mean it's 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 got to that point you know where i'm like oh it's it's grim but anyway other than that i'm i've never felt more positive a go see Jen show called The Optimist. Uh, would... <laughs> Tickets are available now. 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 Oh, Jen. I think that's a great goat to be get to be gotten. I think everyone can relate to that. So I'm I'm with you. Yeah. My, I think I think my eyesight changes every day. So thank you. That is a good one, I think. Okay. Well, I'm glad I, I if it makes anyone feel better about aging, then you're welcome. And if anyone's listening to this that's young and's going, oh, that sounds awful. It is. And uh, I am your future. Get ready. Get the fuck ready. <laughs> this is what you've got to look forward to. No eyesight, uh, tits under your armpits and a pair of knees that look like your granddad's knackers. You're welcome. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTB, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.